Segunda Show. Hi, I'm Tig Notaro from Premium Blend nine years ago, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome to the Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. We're here in your ear. Tempting fate wherever you are. Questions put to song randomly with the help. Of a friend, synchronicity, and now it's time for the radio eightball show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, and we are here in the studio with the great, Great Willow. <laughs> Hello, Andras. <laughs> Hello there. And this is the point in the show where it starts to feel a little bit acid trippy we've busted down some walls we've gotten maybe more intimate than than we we thought we might get we we're starting to question where we stop and the other people in the room <laughs> begin and that's why i'm so happy to invite our next guest she is a theater professional from olympia washington I've talked a lot about Olympia, Washington on the show. That's where Radio 8 Ball began and where I grew up. And as I've talked about in the past, our show, our little progressive town, as wonderful as it is, also has its problems. I've talked about the bullying that can go on there and the different things. But our next guest is actually in the news recently as she's been talking about a situation that happened at a local theater and before rather than talk a lot about it i'll just invite her to radio 8 ball welcome to radio 8 ball kate arvin hello <laughs> that's a big intro but i uh, yeah. <laughs> uh so do you want to tell us a little bit about what's been going on in olympia and what you've been writing and posting about and talking about in the press yeah well uh, yeah, it's it's uh, been a little busy around here lately. Um, I guess uh, not exactly sure where to start on that one, but um, uh, I worked at a theater here in town. I worked there for about six years, and I was full time for two. And uh, during that time, I was stage managing a play where a world famous playwright um, decided to try to take advantage of an actress in the show um, in her hotel room one night. Um, and very fortunately, she was able to um, prevent anything too terrible from happening to her. But uh, it was an incident that was really scary to us. Um, and when we brought it to our, um, our artistic directors, essentially zero action was taken to, to support her in her experience. And uh, it was never spoken of again until recently when the New York Times uh, published a article revealing that playwright to be essentially a serial harasser, um, harasser and rapist. Um, and because of that, uh, it's kind of emboldened a lot of more, lot more investigations into 
uh, his work and his effect on other people, including a really wonderful podcast on uh, Hidden Brain um, that inspired us to come forward with our story, which was published in the Seattle Times last Friday. So we have been answering a lot of questions about that ever since. <laughs> You're not doing it, but since it's public, I'll just say that we are mm -hmm. talking about the Harlequin Theater in Olympia, Washington, and we're talking about the playwright Israel Horovitz. Correct. Yes. And that, and again, because this is public, we're you know we're not outing anyone here. Mm -hmm. And as I've told you, Kate, uh, while I'm interested in this specific case, just as a as a bystander and as a supporter of people coming forward and telling their stories, I have a larger issue, which is just how can, you know, how do we hold the organizations we work with accountable to be mm -hmm. accountable and to, to do the difficult work of listening and responding when people report things that are really hard to deal with and may be scary. And mm -hmm. the impulse is to, to quiet people down to say it's not that big a deal, to, right. to to sort of make things seem like they're okay when they're actually not. And yeah. that and impulse, I think that's yeah. the, I mean, there's a, there's a lot at play here. I mean, there's a, there's a larger societal problem. And then there's also the problem that a lot of nonprofits run into where you are super dedicated to your mission statement and super dedicated to what you have achieved as an organization. And it feels like doing anything that could possibly harm that mission or that group or that statement or your staff would be a betrayal of everything that you've worked for. I mean, I know I was putting in tremendous amounts of hours at that theater and my coworkers were too. My coworkers are wonderful people, and and I believed the artistic directors to be wonderful too. But we could not imagine a pathway in which we could confront this issue without damaging the theater. And unfortunately, it festered so long that now we're all facing the the, the consequences of of letting that time pass. Yeah. And th this brings up, you know, the, we could do a whole show. I know, about it's this. very deep. <laughs> but is there one, would you say that, okay, so there's, you know, there's the, I'll, I'll put a link to the story. So we don't have to go mm -hmm. into all the specific, specifics of the story. But is, would you say if there's one, is there one detail or one, um, maybe an angle on it that that you feel like is very present for you that may not be getting talked about in the, you know, when it's been being written about in the press or being written about on Facebook, is there oh, some man. maybe subtle or you know I don't want to put you on the spot. If there's if there's yeah. not, yeah, we can just cut out that question and we'll be like it never <laughs> happened. No, um, I guess for me, what I've been thinking about the last last week is as I'm watching this this stuff come out. Is, is you know why why did I stay silent um, and I think I think it would be selfish of me to say that I stayed silent because I was afraid of losing my job I definitely was but it it went a lot deeper than that uh, you know the people that were telling me to not talk about it and that it wasn't a big deal were the same people that were telling me that you know boys will be boys that phrase was used um that all men are like that which is not true uh, but when your mentors are saying things like that to you they do get in your head and after a while if you're not careful you will start to believe it um before i left i left a, i 
quit the theater about nine months later, and and this wasn't the primary reason why I did, but it was definitely one of them. Um, but I, when I chose the date that I would leave, it was because um, another mentor of mine had pointed out that I was considering designing Israel's next show. And she said, why would you ever want to design for that man? And I realized, like, yeah, why do I want to design for this man? Like, I know exactly the kind of monster he is, and yet here I am uh, considering that. It's because that had gotten into my head. I had I had forgiven a lot that shouldn't have been forgiven simply because, you know, people that I loved and respected also stayed silent and didn't realize the gravity of the situation. So, man, I mean, it's deep. We're we're all culprits in in this this culture, and we all participate in it. And it's it's difficult to break away from it for sure. Well, having set that as the context, and uh, <laughs> I imagine that your, your question probably stems from this, we can, we'll be able yeah. to go a little bit deeper, use this format to do so. What is your question for the Pop Oracle? Oh, man, I've, I've written a, a whole bunch of questions, but I think the, the one on the top of the list is, what is the benefit of silence? What is the benefit of silence? Okay, well, we are at a point in the show where we have two songs left on the board. And the two songs are 1,000 Tears Ago, song number four, and The New Normal, song number eight. <laughs> and we're going to uh, pick those songs by you engaging the binary oracular <laughs> divinatory tool, the coin. If right. it comes up heads, it will be 1,000 Tears Ago, song number four. If it comes up tails... It will be the new normal, song number eight, as the answer to the question, what is the value of silence? Okay, and now to engage the pop oracle, I am going to flip the radio weight coin. And it's tails, the new normal. <clears throat> I woke up with the start of the start of the new day To my new way of living I was asleep in the seat of a truck out on the highway And it was no way to be living Now I guess I gotta get to the new normal, the new normal, the new normal. Well, she has a way she can be, she can know you, understand you, she can show you. Yeah, she has a way she can be, it can throw. Get used to the new normal, the new normal, the new 
That was the new normal, the answer to Kate Arvin's question. <laughs> what is the value of silence? And I don't like I don't know what I'm uh, wow. That really <laughs> choked me up. That was really yeah, beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so we, while we're wiping away our tears, uh, I wanted, <laughs> I just tell us a little bit about where that song comes from, Great Willow. Um, well, that was that was uh, that was one of those songs that just happened one day. You know, sometimes you write those songs that just kind of fall out of you. you. You like, you start playing guitar, you start singing, and you you sing it all. You sing it all in one sitting, in one per- mm. pl- performance, I guess, into the MacBook, <laughs> into GarageBand, and that was kind of what that song was. The, so the new normal is kind of about that 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 trip that you're taking, you know, in the truck from, you know, when your old life had kind of fallen apart toward your new life that's still sort of a, a question mark, you know, and all of your stuff is in the back of <laughs> in the back of your truck. And 
you just you don't know what it's going to be, you know. But you're living with this like idea of like, okay, things just change. This is the new normal now. This is like this is what we're this is this is where we're at, you know. So we got to get you know we don't like where we we don't like what it's been or what's happened, but you know we we just have to kind of accept it, you know. And Aaron, what did you think about how that song related to the question? <laughs> well. Uh... You know, I've been put in those types of positions before where I've had to, you know, keep my silence. And um, even if I spoke out, I felt like it did fall on deaf ears. And, you know, in that regard, it was almost like, what was the point of even talking? Um, mm. You know, it's just such a hard thing to I don't know, even put into words, it's just this feeling of defeat before yeah. I even start. Well, and that and that knowledge is kind of, you know, I think that sort of relates to that idea of like, you know, okay, I got to live with, I got to live with something that I'm really unhappy about that just happened. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. This is the sort of reality that I'm living in now. I'm just living with the knowledge that... I I don't that I'm unhappy about it and I don't know where it's going. You know? Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. Or what the outcome is going over to be. and over and over. It's the heartbreak. It's it just feels like it keeps coming. You know, the new normal, the acceptance of that. Right, <laughs> and and uh, and Kate, can you what what when you ask what's the benefit of silence? What does that mean to you? For me, I think. Uh, I'm I'm looking to understand uh, the effects of my actions and 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 whether or not I did the right or wrong thing in each situation. Um, and I held the silence for a very very long time. And uh, in in some ways, I know that I was protecting someone else's story and keeping uh, um, a private experience private. But on the other hand, uh, I did not challenge a situation that could have created danger for somebody else um, and people that came along after me. So for me, I don't know, I see a lot of, um, a lot of balance and, 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 and things to weigh on, on either side, um, the challenges of it, uh, and then also the benefits of it. Uh, I guess that's what it's been, what I've been stewing on the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the new nor the when you talk about the new normal, I feel like the new normal is the post Me Too, like the yeah. post Harvey Weinstein. This like we are in a new normal, and right. that's it's one of the things that's come up on a few previous shows about people asking about issues related to the complexity on the other side of a revolution or of freedom mm -hmm. or of liberation. It's not that, oh, now with the pro now we've know or now we solved the problem and now it's gonna be a utopian era. Yeah, right. It just means <laughs> now things are gonna get more comp we've up leveled and yeah. now we're gonna have to have more complex and more difficult yeah. conversations. We're gonna have to be even more even smarter about intersectionality and mm -hmm. all of these other like the complexity is just off the charts right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's frightening for a lot of people because it tends to be, especially with the internet involved, it tends to get boiled down into good guys and bad guys when we all know it's much more complex than that. 
you know, I, I claim to have participated on both sides of this argument. You know, I did keep the silence and now I am not. Um, and the, the artistic directors who are under fire right now, I know them to have been amazing people in the past and they have contributed greatly to our town and our community and to the um, artist community as a whole, whole. I know that they've done that. Um, and they've done some very controversial play, plays that were really beneficial, in, including the one that this happened in. It, it had some themes that were important to address in our community. The play happened to be about um, domestic violence. Uh, so really, there is no uh, clear lines here, except that we know that there, something clearly terrible happened and something clearly was not done about it afterwards. And so. I, you know, and I, I wonder, like, this is the thing that's that's a struggle for me, is individuals are always going to be wild cards, you know, <laughs> even if they're like again, uh, even if it's not someone who's being monstrous and predatory, it, there's, you know, people in their interacting, it gets confusing, mm -hmm. and one person's idea of what's okay or uh, how to communicate is different than another person's. Yes, and especially that's... intergenerationally, too. This In this circumstance, this guy yeah. is in his 70s, and this person's in their 30s. Yeah. And, and it's a whole new world. <laughs> right. So yeah. I find that I am far less angry or frustrated with individuals who do dumb things mm -hmm. than with organizations that are dumb in their response to the complexity of the people who work within them. Mm. Like that you expect that the, or like if you're in a school, you expect like if two kids are being mean to each other, that the school is going to be able to look at them both as kids mm -hmm. and separate them, find out what's going on. And then ideally not kick either of them out of the school, but teach, figure out how to help them to see why, oh, when you know, yeah. when, you know, when you do this to Johnny, Janie, she doesn't like it. And right. when she says she doesn't like it, you got to listen. And Janie, you know, <laughs> when you do this, it's, you know, you know, and it's and now let's see how and how, how would it be if you did it right? And we don't like we do that with kids. Mm -hmm. But in adult situations, the tendency is to say, well, what's the easiest route? You right. Know? Or yeah. uh, my the quickest and the quietest. Yep. And my frustration, sure. and it, it's relating to a crisis like a crisis as opposed to an opportunity. As, yeah. Like in that, that's a situation where you would hope that a, an intelligent organization would say, hmm, okay, well, this is a learning and teaching experience. I have mm -hmm. this, uh, I've talked about it on the show. I have a, a strategy for addressing bullying that I've talked about, which is mm -hmm. recognize, de escalate, and decode. You recognize, right. the way you recognize is someone says, someone reports, someone says, hey, same thing happened. I didn't like it. And yeah. the way an intelligent organization would respond to that is to say, okay, we recognize something happened. Now, rather than escalating the situation by either shutting someone up or kicking someone out or, you know, or vilifying someone, let's de-escalate. Let's figure right. out. Let's decode but the situation. Yeah. In our situation, we couldn't get past the recognition part, and yep. it took uh, you know key. a New York Times article to come out before we were given the uh, the the evidence to support our suspicions. Because you you know like the this actress and myself and uh, lots of other people that have hung around this playwright, you can you can recognize the 
what what our artistic director referred to him as, oh, just a dirty old man. Well, dirty old men don't force their way into your hotel rooms at night. That's going beyond just a dirty old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's there's another piece in this, and I'm just looking at the song because I always want to bring it back to the person. Like when we ask, when we engage the pop oracle, it's a personal question. And I don't know if we, we have something that we recorded on the show, but you, you were talking about how you are now working with national touring companies. And I look at this song as almost like it's your journey. I woke up at the start of the new day to my new <laughs> way of living. I was asleep in the seat of a truck out on a highway. And then I said, and then I, I let, there are these lines. And this is such a great song. Uh, <laughs> and then this, uh, well, she has a way she can be, she can know you, understand you, she can show you, she has a way she can be, it can throw you. That sense of the, you know, this is what we're talking about, is the feminine, we're having to to listen to a, the other side of the male-female conversation in a way that we haven't had to, and yeah. taking that on as a learning. And then the next line, I sat in the bed of a dead river from long ago. I mean, that's this is the old way, <laughs> the old normal. <laughs> To see yeah, if it's right. old flow, like how that's actually that's a really horrible way for like to think of an old man's sexuality. <laughs> I sat on the bed of a dead river from long ago to see if its old flow could show what I don't know. Oh no, I was thinking of it more in the terms of uh, you know a, a past experience with this theater and my new experiences with my my next company. Oh yes, <laughs> and then, a little less crusty than that. <laughs> and then I was down for a count for the count in the first round of the first play. And then we're back to the theater. You know, this, you know, first of all, this format works. There's all kinds of synchronicities in there, especially when we have a great band in here. And this is the equinox, and we're, we're you know, I, I, we're addressing great things. And I, I have to say, the reason you're on this show, there's a synchronicity to this. You, we, uh, Great Willow had a bunch of guests lined up, and one of them dropped out at the last minute or didn't it didn't come through. And so when we're leading up to a show, I'm always in the back of my head looking at looking for people who, oh, if something <laughs> happens, I'd love to get them on the show. And I saw <laughs> your post about this, and I you know I, there's something about like I've there this is not a new issue in Olympia. People, Mm-mm. you know, this is a conversation that's been going on in Olympia pretty much as long as I've. Yeah. been there. I mean, I grew up there and Olympia's, I call it an angry little feminist town. <laughs> it's perfect for angry little feminists like me. It's true. We, and... uh, we are professionals at the struggle. <laughs> and and yet there's there's something in this conversation that is is new because everyone else is having it now. Yeah. And yeah. this is, what was our radical Olympia is now the new normal. And again, what I saw in what you were writing and the way you were writing about it was something that I have been missing in people who are reporting about this. I really respected, you know, you didn't need to. And nothing in the culture is saying that you should take responsibility for it. But you volunteered right out in front to take responsibility for your part in it and not make yeah. it an us them thing. You made it very you made it very personal for you and it makes doing that makes it easier for other people to take responsibility for themselves. And I just saw yeah. this crack of an opening for our town that <laughs> maybe if because there are a lot of people supporting this and a lot of people are having this conversation that Maybe we're going to start – the more that people like you can speak up and both be 
you know, un, unforgiving of unforgivable behavior and also be total, take total responsibility for your, you know, whatever, for being a part yeah. of it in any way you have, that's how we make a difference. And yeah. because Olympia has been fighting this battle for as long as I've been alive there, I always sort of feel like our town has a lesson to teach the world because we are, this is not a new conversation for us. This is a very, no. we're, we should be experts at it. And, <laughs> True. and that's why I love having you here. Everything we do here is macrocosm, microcosm. And I'm sure that there are Sadly, this is you're not the only person who this is a true story for. But by and I will post I will share what you've written. I'll I'll post links. Yeah. And I I just think there's a lot to I think there's a lot to learn in in having the difficult going back to your question, what is the benefit of silence? I mean, mm -hmm. silence is wonderful unless there's something you need to speak up about. Right. And I, I was sure that I did all the things I was supposed to do at least. And, yeah. and Kate and the, the actress had my friend, the actress had, had assured me that I did right by her, but I tell you, I still carried around a lot of guilt until I was able to finally speak about this publicly. And I had felt like a huge relief to be able to do so. So, you know, that this coming forward like this definitely benefits all of us, including myself. So there's, there's a little bit of a selfish reasoning there too. <laughs> well, For sure. I, I encourage, I always, I encourage healthy selfishness and yeah. healthy selfishness is, again, that's, uh, I, we, 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 I could just talk about this forever, but this is what I say <laughs> at every, I could, I always, I honestly sometimes think I should just do a show where we ask one question and talk for two hours. <laughs> uh, but, uh, there's a lot of talk about, um, checking your privilege which I think is, mm -hmm. is really important. Of course, yeah. you, only you can check your own privilege. Someone else mm -hmm. checking your privilege, that's a different, you know, when you're checking somebody else's privilege, that's a privilege in and of, in and of itself. <laughs> and so I'm all for people being aware of privilege. And I'm very, you know, again, being growing up in Olympia, I've, I'm constantly being made aware of mine. And what I'm, as much as I'm interested in uh, checking privilege, I'm much more ex uh, interested in extending agency and mm -hmm. taking my privilege. And so my privilege as an entitled white guy is that <laughs> I am not silent about injustices. Mm -hmm. like, the, you, like the littlest one, like I've had to learn to be cooler about that. But in general, I am loud. And when there's something that is not right, uh, you know, to my own detriment, it has not it has not served me at all. <laughs> but I'd love to. Sh I'd, I guess there is a benefit in silence. I'm trying to learn that for myself to listen, but I'm also mm -hmm. wanting to like give to in to inject that uh, that privilege to just say no, fuck you, that's bullshit, <laughs> and not be nice and not be silent and not ever feel like you have to and. Mm -hmm. And I hope to not be intimidated by the fact that there's people around who are loud and entitled and privileged like myself, but maybe mm -hmm. to know that we're all on this team. We want this new normal in, involves both being silent and being righteously angry and being loud and letting people speak for you and letting people speak up. And I don't know. Yeah, that's... yeah maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, maybe the benefit of silence is like listening <laughs> you know i mean there you, go. you know yeah. it's like stop talking and listen <laughs> you know <laughs> men 
I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I hear what yeah. you're saying, James. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no not you. Not you. I, I mean, of throughout this process too is that you know, I, I, part of my privilege is that I have this personal connection to this situation, and I was not traumatized by it in the way that this actress was or these other actresses were. Um, so that is part of me using my privilege is, is using my, my less emotionally, um, pained voice in order to deliver their message. Cause they're the ones that came forward. Like this is their story and they are, they're the brave ones that have forged this territory. And I, I get to just back them up and I consider that, uh, an honor as well as my own privilege. Well, I think we've done. I think we've done some service in this. I'm really. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Great Willow for letting me invite our small town controversy to their, <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, realm of their awesome. beautiful music. I'm, I'm glad to. Know and for more. sharing that beautiful song. Thank you. And I want to thank you, Kate, for for accepting my invitation and trusting that this is a. a a, a welcoming and safe space to talk about difficult things. And before I let you go, is there anything you want to let our audience know about, about, I don't know, where links they could check out or thing, you know, anything that's of interest? Oh man, just go see a show, go see a live theater production. It's good for everybody. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere, any town, any place, go find one, go see it. <laughs> and if somewhere out there, there's a play called the new normal, buy the ticket yeah. now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. It's a good show. One, a two, a normal I can't I can't get normal you see I'm a witness I was at the slaughter I saw the bodies floating in the water and I Or did you come to taunt? Well, get normal, get normal, get normal with everybody looking at you. Get normal, get normal. Well, I'd like to tell you, I'd like to explain. If I could only get my tongue so far inside your ear, it scratched your brain. But I can't, I just can't do it. I can't get normal.